0: If you have to die, your death might as well be sexual. At least that's my plan. Um, and uh, sex can be very death like, and uh, um, I don't know, but I'm hoping that death can be very sex like. We will see.
1: Any specific plans? Or?
0: Um, well, um, I just have to find the right sex partners. But. I will put it off for a while.
2: Oh, it feels good to be back again, boys.
1: Back Here we are, back on our
2: back, back. on our schedule. In what song
0: songs gonna be that have back in it?
2: Back in the USSR, we got back back to back to reality, back to the future,
1: mm-hmm.
2: back back in my day. What's that from?
0: What I don't know. That? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. For <laughs> now I'm just doing phrases. <laughs> okay, let's do that uh, Back against the wall mm,
1: Back to back To back To back Bactrian camel What the fuck is that?
2: It's a type of camel Oh, wow Okay, well, we got it, it All thing. right, Matt Matt, Matt <laughs> with the Matt with the zoology knowledge Here, good Good bit, everyone We gotta get
1: the cl- We gotta get the classic <laughs> themes back rolling Yeah Everyone
2: knows me for my zoology joke <laughs> true (laughs) well uh we're back folks the spine crackers podcast uh is back after our brief hiatus and our end of year episode which hopefully you all listen to and go check out we're back in 2023 baby with our first episode our first discussion our first book of the year um Mm -hmm. which is sort of technically Last we read last year, but we didn't get to record sort of, you know, we it'll be interesting because we all read this on different timelines. Paul, you probably finished it just recently. I finished it like a couple weeks ago and Matt finished it like a couple months ago. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be uh, uh, an interesting um, blend of the of her perspectives on uh, the time frame.
1: Yeah, you're going you're going to see in like sort of like real samples of three, like perspectives how like memory degrades yeah yes (laughs) basically um
0: also how my ability to pay attention is so bad they're probably going to know just as much as me about the book (laughs) especially when when it's like a an adhd kind of sporadic story with multiple different storylines many different storylines is
2: this the is this the longest no this is not the longest book we've read but it's got to be like the second right
1: It's up there. It's definitely. What would be the longest?
2: The longest would be Killing Commendatore. Oh, yeah. Also my pick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else? What other long books have we read? Gosh, I don't know. Confidence Man? Confidence Man is. That was only like 250 pages, wasn't it? Or was it longer than that? I think it was experientially long for you. Mm hmm. But not physically, not page long. Yeah. Yeah. It was emotionally taxing on Paul. There's a hyperbolic time chamber for Paul. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> time passed in a dreamlike slowed, <laughs> and then accelerated state for Paul. A nightmare where you can't run fast, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I a lot no of confidence. books, some of the books are like that for Paul. But then by the end of the
0: year, he loves them, like Bunyan. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a great ability to change and adapt. That's true. And learn from my <laughs> mistakes. That is actually very charming it's one of your best qualities (laughs) it's one of your best qualities paul (laughs) very
1: very charming
2: ladies ladies he's taken okay i I am taken. chill out chill out out there um anyway yeah we're back in 2023 it's our first review this is the spinecrackers podcast i'm gabe i'm matt i'm paul and um you can uh if you enjoy what you're about to hear just getting this out of the way if you listen to the episode and like it, you can go to patreon.com slash spinecrackers to support the show. For as little as $2 a month, you get the Discord channel, you get all the uh, full episodes. We usually do an hour for the public episode-ish and then another hour or whatever just for the patrons. We answer questions. We talk in more detail about the book. um, Get a little bit spicy sometimes with takes that are too hot for a general audience. and Mm -hmm. um, So if you want any of that, patreon.com slash spinecrackers. Uh, it, uh, means a lot. And we love you deep so much.
0: Yep. Yes. And we love you. If you don't Yep. Pay of course. course, we, we also love, love, you love you don't more if yeah. you do.
2: That's true. It's a, I it mean, <laughs> well, to be frank, that's appropriate for this book, uh, because this is a financial, <laughs> uh, transactional relationship that has to do with love, uh, and our love for you as a listener. Um, because today we're talking about, uh, William T. Volman's, the Atlas is the book. That yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is the, the book. Uh, yeah. When did, now, when did this book come out? I forgot. To, I neglected to look just now. 1996. 1996. Okay. Um, great. So, whose pick was this? I picked this book. I All picked right, this Paul, book, actually. Why?
0: I picked this book because I saw a video that Leaf by Leaf made about it, and I you know occasionally watch some of his videos and I just hadn't read any book that Leaf by Leaf had reviewed aside from some of the Murakami books that he'd reviewed so on a whim I just kind of watched half of his video on this and was like I was kind of in a mood where I wanted to just pick something new and fresh and kind of be in, in the booktube world when I picked it in the moment I was like okay let's do one that Leaf by Leaf has done so I just picked it and um you know, I, I obviously hadn't read any Volman yet. And in his video, he said that it was a good place to start uh, if you wanted to read Volman.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, consensus on this consensus, one, I feel like. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that is the story. Nice. The awesome. Awesome story. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, You're welcome.
2: Matt, was this also your first Volman or no? Uh, this
1: was yeah. I'd actually read this before.
0: Oh, you had already read. This I did before? notice that. I noticed that because on Goodreads it said you rated it like eight years ago.
2: Oh shit! I didn't yeah. know. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Folks, we have breaking news.
0: Reread. I did
1: read it already.
2: Wow. Is a reread. That's cool. Well, so then that's a whole other perspective that you're bringing to it. Then. Do you remember? Yeah, my... Do you remember what your impression was of it back then when you first read it?
1: Yeah, it was. Um... Forgettable then, and it was now.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. There's our thesis statement for Matt for the day. Shit. <coughs> Matt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that made G- that
0: made Gabe choke on his vape. Yeah.
1: He did a he did a spit take, but with smoke.
2: Yeah. So Matt's putting the cards on the table here from the beginning. All right. Well, we're gonna get into it. Um. This was my second. Volman, but you didn't read any more of his after that, Matt. So this is the only one of his you read, right? I
1: did. I read, um, I, but I, but some would say I didn't, right? He has a seven-volume magnum opus called, I think, Rising Up, Rising Down. Oh
2: yeah, the philosophical treatise on violence or whatever, right? Philosophico-historical.
1: Right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get my hands on the seven-volume copy. I, I didn't realize it was even something that grand I saw in a used bookstore the like abridged version that I think the publishers just put out as like a a kind of let's recoup our losses on putting out this other giant (laughs) thing kind of thing so I think like real hardcore Volman fans would say I probably didn't experience the book and that that might be fair I'm missing thousands of pages of like you know meticulous accounting of historical violence but I read the abridged one it's like also around the similar page count like 600 pages or something um so this would be my second or i've read two
2: okay cool yeah so this is also my second the other one i read was um the ice shirt which i didn't do a review uh, a full review of but i talked about in one of my like um last year i was doing for a little while before uh, i stopped reading and started playing dark souls um <laughs> <laughs> for for the year um my kind of like monthly reading wrap up videos which are over on youtube and um i uh I fucking hated that book uh a lot uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, i thought it was i thought it was just straight up uh, uh, kind of bad and didn't what enjoy it what
1: was the general i uh, just for my own sake what was like the general plot done
2: quick well it's 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 kind of like a a pseudo mythology it's like a fictionalized mythology of kind of you know merging um real some real history but volman's own fictionalizing of certain mythological figures and historical events and it's basically about kind of like the the discovery of canada um by like the norse okay um and yeah, that's basically it, yeah. <laughs> Yo, there yes. it is, Paul. Paul's uh, experimenting with a, a little soundboard. Little soundboard. We want to we want to incorporate some more uh, uh, of that into the show.
1: We want to be more yeah. like a zoo crew
2: or some sort of like yeah, you know, a morning show, funny. dude. The spine crackers, yeah. dude. The. <laughs> <laughs> the 8 a.m spine crackers power hour yeah i'm trying oh, to hungry. increase
0: my uh, podcasting resume too for my linkedin profile podcaster slash soundboard oh, yeah. operator
1: you should just put professional <laughs> Did... broadcaster in your cv for sure yeah
2: absolutely um so yeah i i really uh deeply dislike that book um and so i and, you know, like Paul was saying, I, Volman is pretty, I would say, hype right now. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know, because because he was originally kind of like when he was first sort of start, starting out, was mentioned uh, alongside like David Foster Wallace and like some other people as like the new voice of that generation of writers. Like, there, isn't that there, isn't that they're that famous? Um, It's like edition of like the I don't think it's the Kenyan review, but it's like one of these like literary review magazines where it was like David Foster Wallace, Volman and a couple other writers. And it's like very rare and valuable now. And people want to buy it because there were only so many copies. And it was like Wallace at one of Wallace's first published publications, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Publication. Yeah. Yeah. There's like I remember I can see in my mind's eye the like pictures of them and they were like the sort of. Like Volman, Volman was somebody who Wallace actually like admired quite a bit. Um, yeah, as like a sort of wonderkind young writer, like back in the day.
2: Right. So he was kind of in that conversation, and he's been, you know, I don't think you know because he's still alive, and as far as I know, is he still writing? Is he published anything recently?
0: He published think, something um, in twenty twenty. Okay, twenty twenty was the most recent. The the lucky star. Okay. So oh, he's
1: okay
2: still publishing. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, so I, I I don't.
1: Carbon memories before that, uh, about like climate change.
0: It looks like, I mean, um, the dude can write a lot in 2014.
2: I mean, he's, he's not old. He's only 63. So yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that
0: was one of the, the selling points in the, um, leaf by leaf videos is one. He, he was incredibly, uh, Hype about how quickly Volman seemed to be publishing his novels and that his publer, his publishers couldn't even keep up with the amount of um, books he was writing, which i mean i'm not that's not something that necessarily impresses me right obviously right i mean volman i've I've read articles that said Volman is kind of criticized for his lack of um, editing and how he kind of like looks down upon it and doesn't want his work to be edited, which something he shares her- with
1: Wallace a quality he shares with
0: Wallace actually
1: right yeah very very precious about his 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 words although i think he has a slightly different like rationale than Wallace does for like why he doesn't like to be edited i feel like Wallace is like oh don't don't throw a wrench in my like meticulously crafted machinery right and then and then i think Volman is more like uh, i don't want to th- i don't want to have to think at all about um, editorial oversight, or what other people have to say about anything, to like stay in a headspace that he regards as preferable for his own like style. Like, right.
0: Which out of the two perspectives, I would have to frown upon Volman's a bit more. I would say.
2: I think both are are sort of cringe in their own way. They are. I mean, it wouldn't it's be a problem if they eels. just
1: if they just didn't then demonstrate clearly that they did need editorial. You know, if, they, <laughs> right. if they just if they just if they just crushed it then you'd be like yeah fuck yeah okay you know like walk the walk talk the talk but like yeah i think it's clear even in this or especially in this is my only two sample points dude could get the fat trimmed yeah yeah well stuff. you're
2: yeah. right yeah well well i'm sure we'll uh we'll get into that but um but, but yeah, I mean, you know, Volman's pretty, so I don't think it's fair to say he's been like rediscovered, but I feel like there's been a, a surge of interest in him, you know, all the Leaf by Leaf videos, there's a whole podcast about Volman's work now, the Volmania podcast, right? So I'm sure some of you listening are, are also listeners of, of that podcast. Um, and so he's very, like you said, Paul, he's very in the online book discourse at the moment, I think is fair to say, right?
0: Yeah, sorry. I was actually testing out um, some more samples while you were talking, <laughs> and one was going on too long, so I couldn't unmute. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's this is uh, a live, live radio, live radio, yeah. live live
0: testing session as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, what you were you were basically saying that he's very much like a part of BookTube at the moment, and he completely is. I mean, a lot of the leaf by leaf videos are probably like if you type in Volman. His will come up first, probably like prominently, but a lot of them are a couple of years old. But he still seems to be involved in the in a lot of the discussions in the circles. Yeah,
1: and I think part of that is is uh, is is one of these things that we decry here on this podcast, which is just a sort of like because he's so prolific and he writes big doorstop books. He's got a lot of just physically imposing tomes, right? That are like impressive. To just look at, even to not even read, and that that is
2: enticing <laughs> to a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hype train, the hype train is real. I, I mean, yeah, if I, you want a uh,
0: if you want a fat stack, nicely curated Instagram photograph, buy some Volman. Definitely stack them up on top True. of each other. So that's good looking books. Put put a yeah. cup
2: of coffee on them. Farm them likes, dude. Farm them likes, <laughs> dude.
0: <clears throat>
1: let the numbers start pumping in. Oh, yeah, easily.
2: But I mean, you know, like, like we've already alluded to, Volman was incredibly and is incredibly prolific. He's written, I have no idea how many books, but many and almost all of them are very, very long, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so Liguria, people say about him, right, right. So there's there's some there's something I think that's just kind of inherently at least interesting about that. Right. Someone who's can just pump out these, you know, 600, 700 page books every year and a half. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. About such a wide variety uh, of topics.
0: Well, I'm trying to think of other authors that I know of that work that way. And the one that's sticking out like a sore throat in my mind is obviously Stephen King. <laughs> and, um, uh, hmm. I, uh, with Stephen King, it's not necessarily a great thing to just. King was never that fast,
2: though, was he? King, like, didn't
0: he? Yeah, I mean, he's incredibly fast. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's I fast. I think he, people might thought be he had ghostwriters.
2: You think King has yeah. ghostwriters? No, people no, there was, speculation. there was speculation. Oh, Because oh, he King was so fast.
1: Okay. It's true, yeah. Um,. Yeah. And they're slowing down. Murakami. No, no, Murakami was a pretty normal pace, but still he has a lot of books under his belt at this point. Yeah. I think Murakami
2: is closer. But yeah, Murakami is closer to a normal pace, but still a lot of very big books. Yeah, it's true.
1: Um, But so this this book gets claimed as a great entree into Volman's work because because it's like right, like a collection of short stories that kind of hit on every fixation that he has as an author. Vignettes,
2: you might even call them their vignettes
1: dude yeah sorry uh and so it's supposed to be like a kind of cheese plate of like volman's fixations i would call them and and uh areas of interest uh yes and and the globe trotting thing with the atlas and uh you know that's all huge aspects of his 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 general mythos because yeah Yeah. because his
2: work is like it's always been sort of like a mix of like fiction and mythology and history and also journalism he was like a war correspondent right and and sort of journalist so he brings Mm -hmm. a lot of that experience into all of his work it seems
0: yeah and this this book also kind of demonstrates the the uh volman cinematic universe i would as well because a (laughs) a few of the short story or the vignettes are are actually titles of i'm not sure if if they're former books or books that he wrote after, but a few of them became titles of, of future novels. I think
2: I think all of them are ones that came out before um, the, this. So, yeah. So there's a couple titles of these stories or vignettes or whatever you want to call them that are also titles of Volman's longer works. So The, the Rifles, Fathers and Crows, um, uh, Butterfly Stories that kind of thing. Um, yeah. and those are also titles of his, some of his larger, uh, uh, novels or n- larger, you know, writings. Um, in the, do you, in there's
1: a, there's an explicit reference to, to some sort of, um, or to, to, to an inspiration that he had with, uh, Yasunari Kawabata's, the palm of the hand stories. The palm of the hand stories. stories yeah.
0: yeah. Which I read about that.
1: I'm more interested in reading that. Um, but I guess that was supposedly, like, a jump-off point, like, a thing which he describes in his, like, intro as, like, a book that you read in bed and kind of flip through and you can land wherever in the world and have this experience, you know, through his eyes. And it's it's not meant to be something engaged with, right, like, front to back Right. Dedicatedly,
2: which I feel like, you know, and we'll get in, we'll we'll get more into the structure of the book in a minute. But I I read read that and I was like, okay. And then I'm reading it and I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like there's no there's no linear narrative in the in the in the thing. It's it's it jumps around time periods. I mean, most of them are like late 80s to mid nine, like, you know, early 90s. It's like everything in this book seemingly takes place over the course of like five years or something like that, five, six years um maybe there's one or two exceptions that are earlier but um you know it's not a it's not a linear narrative right it's just a collection of stories and experiences and you know thoughts basically right
0: yeah yeah and yeah in like the early 90s i would say like you said
2: yeah 80s i think it's
0: 90s <laughs> Sorry. Oh, These I'm sorry. I almost. <laughs> my actual transitions are ridiculous, and that um, I apologize for that one. I'll... No, that was good. No, no.
1: you d- just get a little grin when that's how I'll know you're trying to queue up something, so I want. <laughs> okay.
2: On yeah, yeah. You're honing. You're honing your craft here, Paul. In yeah, in... it's
0: hard. It's kind of difficult. I just hear like keywords, like '90s Seinfeld, '90s going. Seinfeld. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, that's how it yeah, is, I have to dude. Try to. Your brain's gonna into be split. It.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> you're going to be uh, you're going to be absolute Chris Kyle of this thing soon. You're going to be hitting these just, you know, marksman like shots.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones is going to ask me soon to do this for his. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so funny if you end up making a lot of money just sitting on the side of Alex Jones, just doing like funny just doing fart noises drops <laughs> fart noises, and like kazoos and fucking slide whistle whenever he does something
2: you're gonna be the new uh what's the what's joe rogan's uh like look up assistant jamie, person's name jamie jamie jimmy, no, jamie. No, jamie jamie it's gonna be easy. jimmy
1: <laughs> jimmy <laughs>
2: no we're gonna have our
1: discount jamie and
2: it's jimmy and we're gonna be like jimmy can you pull that up He's like all right boss yeah, it's yeah. The morning
0: show with Jimmy and Joe. We
2: should. We should have a we should have our own Jimmy and be like, "Yo Jimmy, can you look up Woman's most recent book for us real quick?" Yeah. Uh, but yeah, pa- well, Paul you when well, we you're gonna make like a
0: million
1: that. dollars on Spotify, we can hire somebody.
2: E- oh, easily. That's it's coming. Yeah. It's coming in 2023. You got to be
0: qualified and you got to be named Jimmy. Yeah, if we, we have to be named That's Jimmy. That's
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> need prior you need some priors and you need to be
2: Jimmy.
0: Exactly. And no last name um
2: all right so uh we've already talked you know a little bit about the do you do you just again because it was your pick paul do you want to say a little bit more about kind of what the book is about as it were
0: yeah i mean it's what it's like it's a mix between fictional and uh non-fictional vignettes there's 53 of them they're um just kind of uh you know, vignettes, tomes that take place all over the world that I I kind of guessed that were, you know, kind of true to life of Volman in his like, you know, journalistic yeah. days exploring the world and diff in you know, visiting a lot of violent places. They kinda of go up from I think it's like what, like one to twenty through twenty they kinda of get numbered Tw- up. Twenty six and then at I one think. point twenty six? Yeah. And then they get numbered down there's a couple longer um, stories mixed throughout, but in, in general, I would say they're pretty short, like short meaning like one to two pages.
1: Yeah. Some are
0: like a um, but, Yeah. Yeah, some are very short. But the general theme of most of them is just like this baseline undercurrent of at the bottom of everything is uh, sex and love and blood yeah pretty much <laughs> It's a
2: very it's a um, very it's a very
0: cliff book sex and death it re- yeah
1: it really is i mean sex and death i mean death yeah the, those are i would say the grounding two forces that like volman is the most obsessed with
2: and which is why people probably and, say read this as well and he's s-
1: obsessed with both of them
2: specifically you know well and i think like paul like you mentioned a couple longer ones. there's the one that's right in the middle, which is just called The Atlas. And that's that's like an 80-page, 70-page, like uh, like almost like a novella um, that kind of anchors the two sides of the... You know, it's like palindromic, right? It's like 1 to 26, and then 26 back down to 1. And, you know, I didn't check this with every single one, but, like, I think the stories that match on number kind of match on theme as well and, like, sort of some of the specifics of what's going on in the stories even... So they, like, mirror one another on either side of this kind of, like, anchor novella that sits in the middle, uh, which is just called The Atlas. I also read that there's something
0: to do with, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just
1: going to say, the middle is is then also, it's so long, but it's also, like, all of these places collide. Right. And it's, like, this place where everything slides into the middle and, like, mixes together. And uh, so it's very disorienting.
0: I also read that there's something to the structure that has to deal with longitude and latitude. latitude. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, like he kind of structured it in a in a way that fits some sort of mapping or pattern. I, so I, there, I, I mean, there I, are some. I believe ex, it. Experimental structuring techniques that I haven't come across.
1: Well, at the very beginning, you get just uh, before the table of contents, you get like just a list of every country with their, and then the city within that country or
2: wherever he's at with the longitude and latitude coordinates. Right. So there's gotta be um, some significance maybe. Well, it also makes me think like this whole palindromic kind of like mirrored structure. Cause it does feel like Matt, like you said, like this thing in the middle is kind of like the center of the, it's like a neutron star at the center of the universe. And all these disparate <laughs> elements are like a black hole and they get kind of sucked into it. And jumbled yeah. around in this novella, The Atlas in the Center, and then kind of get spit out again in the back and kind of, like, remixed, right? With their with yeah. their parts rearranged slightly. It's
1: like Event Horizon. Like exactly.
0: Go, like, sucked into it. It's it,
2: Event of... Horizon for drugs and prostitution.
1: Yeah, basically, yes.
2: Um, oh, yeah, by the way, we haven't really gotten into it yet or anything, but we probably will. Um, yeah, just there's going to be a lot of talk about violence and sex and uh, sexual assault and drugs and blood, so uh, that's coming.
0: Trigger if, you're, warning, yes.
2: if you're if you're listening um so but that's a, it kind of makes me think that 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 disclaimer at the beginning that he's talking about like oh yeah this, this is just kind of easy breezy keep it on your bedside read a story jump around who can i feel like that's kind of bait almost on his part like i yeah i sort of don't believe him that's how that that's how he intended the book to be read because it's so clearly and intentionally structured in this very specific way um Yeah, I get the impression he – clearly, if you structure it like that, like, the ideal reader
1: would be somebody who at least moves sequentially through it and doesn't flip around. Yeah. But then there's the whole imagery of, like, the Atlas, and I kind of liked it, but, like, that he would sit over a map of the world, and then, like, he was, like, a god that would, like – look at a place and put and touch his finger to it and then like you'd get like almost the written version of a a, a, a movie scene where you'd zoom in
2: in satellite imagery yes. into it,
1: and then suddenly like find yourself in like
2: Phnom Penh or whatever or it's like it's like uh you know it's like um if you watch like a, like any of those like, like a Tom Clancy movie or like Jack Ryan or something like that <laughs> yeah. where it's just like this c- little chevron this, goes
1: underneath it yeah
2: the scene like. changes and it's like <laughs> Kurdistan, like 1997, like da 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 da. It's very and no
1: matter where you are, the call to prayer is just being yelled. Yes, exactly. But even yeah. in like Canada, yeah. You're like, what? So
2: basically, Volman is like the he's basically like the prostitution Jack Reacher, or Jack Ryan, <laughs> yeah, or like Jack Jason Bourne, his wallet, yeah, yeah. He's the Jason Bourne of prostitution, basically. Um. So, so yeah, I mean, so, so basically I think like the way we should approach this is just kind of talk generally about our feelings about the book, the themes. I think it's too, there's too many stories in here to really get into any of them specifically. We are going to do that a little bit on the Patreon segment. So if you want to hear us talk about individual stories or individual um, pieces from this book, you can uh, stick around for that or subscribe to the Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash Spinecrackers for the full episode. But I think for now, it's best to kind of talk in broad strokes about the text and our feelings about it um, because, A, time constraints, and if we start getting into individual stories, that will get away from us very quickly, I think. Make sense? Yes.
1: Well, I think, therefore, to to hit on something that makes the bulk, I would say, of the book, what what do you think about his sort of, like, hyper focus on prostitution in all its forms in all these countries
2: yeah i think and i think it is like it's 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 notable like it i would i would say like hyper focus is a fair way to describe it because like
1: well wasn't his first book about prostitutes in san francisco like he i think that was one of his
2: first that was one of his first books um was that bright and risen angels is that the one I unfortunately don't remember, but that one's not that one is not about prostitutes. But there's like, you know, like, yeah, whores for he has the prostitution trilogy. um, And then a a lot of his other a lot of his other books are also about have to do with prostitution. Um, And so this is like a, a fixation for him, I think, for sure um and it's you know there are a few stories that are about like his experiences with like war and poverty and violence um and then there's one or two like more personal stories about the the like the real life death of his sister for example when they when they were young right yeah um but but by and and of course i think those things probably intersect in some ways we could dissect psychologically for him for sure yeah um yeah i mean he is like a
1: rich psychological case study
2: 100% i mean i think like the most kind of obvious way that, that that those things intersect and just as a spoiler alert that the that first story about his sister under the grass is prob one of, probably my favorite in the collection or one of them i liked it i did um, like it too, yeah. or it's up uh, it's one of one of my favorites um but I think the the most obvious way these things intersect, right, is in his relationships with these, you know, sex workers, uh, his seemingly, like, his first reaction is always to try to, like, save them in some way, whether that's, like, financially or emotionally or, you know, getting them physically away in some cases, right? um right and i think that there's a pretty obvious and i think he's aware of this obviously like there's a pretty clear sense of like trying to make up for his perceived failure at not saving his sister when they were younger because because i just you know i think what happened was they were out and he was supposed to be like watching her and she drowned or something right his younger sister i'm pretty sure that was like the, the what happened um and so he has this complex about saving women in danger. Basically, it seems like sort of yeah, like Jack Reacher. pretty
0: straightforward.
2: Sort of like Jack Reacher and Jason Bourne and <laughs> <laughs> Jack Ryan and Tom Clancy. Right. <laughs> if you ever Jason, if, if you some
1: scumbag laying hands
2: on an innocent, beautiful baby girl. He's basically Dudley Do Right, dude. He's a snidely wh- snidely him. whiplash is out there tying <laughs> these these poor Thai sex workers to train tracks. And William Volman is riding in on his uh, Canadian horse (laughs) (laughs) to untie them. Well,
1: that's one of his famous Uh. lore stories is, right? He, like, uh, at least one time he did save, I believe, a Thai sex worker, like a teen, uh, like literally, like, paid for her and got her out of the country or at at least out of working as a prostitute.
2: I I totally believe it.
0: I mean he does that a few times throughout these stories, right? Just like people that say they need a certain amount of money to get through a few months and he'll be like, Well, what do you need for one month to get you through? and he'll pay them or um, He's basically like uh the 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 kid,
2: uh Albie from season two of uh, the White Lotus.
0: <laughs> Dude, don't spoil it. I just played started it on
2: episode three. Oh sorry, sorry, no I forgot. I forgot. I forgot you haven't watched it. Okay.
0: There's well, also listeners there, out Gabe. there that you can't spoil. Too I'm sorry,
2: soon. spoiler alert! Fuck, it's over. You guys want Never to know mind. what happens at the end of, <laughs> of Sopranos? Yeah, tell me. Yeah, I know what happens at the end of Sopranos, dude. Nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nothing
2: or everything. All right, pivot. We're Jesus. talking about the Sopranos now, nubs. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I don't know what else. What else do you? What else? How how else do you make sense of this obsession of Volmans?
0: No, I think it's 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 like. Not shockingly clean cut, but I think that the uh, psychological assessment of the events in his life, and also the just like the his work as a journalist, kind of clearly demonstrates why he might have wrote written, wrote about these certain topics and themes. It makes sense why he would um, latch on to prostitution as well. To me, it's kind of like you know, I I have actually read a couple. Uh, interviews with him, and I, I do like a lot about what he has to say about the world and about writing and, um, about literature in America. Like I, I do like him, but it, when it came down to this book and just like the themes that he wrote about, it just seemed a little bit too clean, clean cut, and the themes seemed a little bit too like on the nose for me. There wasn't like yeah. uh, as much depth as I thought there was going to be.
1: Well, he's because. I think the journalist angle is important because I, I feel like even when he's doing stories, there's this kind of uh, I don't know, almost stylistic bleed over with his like journalist, like journalism, like things that don't necessarily need to. They they end up sounding like reportage or whatever. They sound like he's kind of delivering the news, albeit in a kind of like literary way, because mm-hmm. he's he is. I think, But I think he's, like, a, a guy who's, like, trying to, like Gabe said, sort of atone a little bit for the past. And uh, he has a strong desire to cover, yeah, like, marginalized people and, like, victims of violence and, and repression and all that kind of stuff. And so I think he feels like he's doing something morally correct in, for instance, you know, taking on prostitution as an entire institution and 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 kind of like cultural (laughs) undercurrent that he goes out of his way to explore in like every country and find the commonalities of uh so i don't know like i think he he thinks he's doing uh moral work i believe i feel like in a lot of his stuff he seems to be doing some sort of ethical or moral work by his own account
2: which is something that he clearly is has thinks about a lot because he wrote seven volumes on like when violence is justified or not, right? So he's like has a lot right. of thoughts about morality in general and sort of, you know, the way in which uh, uh, his work and his own life kind of intersects with various expressions of of evil in the world. I think, right?
0: Yeah, and it's now, like way, how how could way, that not? Oh, be on his mind really for for being a journalist for for so many years and i i did read uh something that described a moment i forget what country he was in but he was in like an actual gunfight and thought he got shot and it seemed like a very traumatic moment and it, it turned out someone had like thrown a peach at his head and it got like wet on his head and oh wow he like felt it and thought he was like shot in the head but i mean the guy has definitely well, yeah. been on the forefront of real he's seen some shit jack ryan like scenarios he's fucking
1: seen some shit he had to be tactical many times yeah Yeah, he's seen
2: he's seen some fucking shit for sure well i mean the second story in the book i believe i think it's the second story is like describes a moment where he like is like sitting next to his friend in a car and his friend gets shot in the head right
1: yeah that's a real that's that that
2: really happened to him um and so, and then in the in the rest of that story, he just go describes the feeling of like, what did you just do a did you do a drop and I missed it. it yeah, I was trying to a, it.
0: do an agreement shot, or a drop, and it was Roger Roger, the the droid from. Oh. All right. All mm-hmm. uh, right. Um,
2: but the rest of that story, he's he goes on to like <laughs> describe. This feeling of like always having essentially a sniper rifle aimed at the back of his head, like no matter where he goes and no matter which way he turns his body, right?
1: Yeah, tingling, a tingling, an itch that's ever present on his skin. Uh, yeah, that was effective. I mean, I, I, I think where he shines for me in particular is the war reporting, um, more so than the the coverage of prostitution, or prostitution, because like yeah he, he has more of a complicated it seems to me relationship with prostitutes yeah like that save that savior complex and like the sort of journalistic integrity of the fact that he like also avails himself of prostitutes like for real um in his life uh is just I don't know it's it's sus to me it's it's ways.
2: definitely a weird a, a, a weird relationship and I mean I think the other the other part of that we talked about the kind of like Moral work and his, his stuff, the stuff with his sister and all that, I think the other the other side of that coin or the other part of that um, equation is, you know, at least as it's written here, the I don't know what to call the the character, the main ca- the traveler, I suppose, you know, Volman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The traveler yeah.
2: Um, <clears throat> is, is also a deeply, deeply lonely person just on a personal level. Right. Like right. they they have no they have no sense of companionship of community of purpose really um and you know there's a line i think somewhere in the in the the atlas the novella in the middle here where it's talking about like you know this all just just kind of like lamenting like this all all of this mess just started because i wanted to see the world and i thought that'd be a good thing and it's turned out to be not that. And it's just made me feel worse and more isolated and more lonely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that story where he's, uh, it's like pretty long. Uh, and it's like him seeking his quote unquote wife. But it's, I think that's kind of like a sort of semi-joking moniker. Or like yes. A kind of semi-sarcastic label for this woman who I, I couldn't tell if that was, um, some version of, the Thai prostitute that he, in real life, ultimately did get out of the country, but is that Five Lonely Nights? I think so. It's all in it's all in Thailand, it's Phnom Penh or something like that. But when he uh, goes
2: back to try to find this this woman that he knew there previously,
1: yeah, and then he goes back to San Francisco, and then he ends up coming back, and she's like changed, and maybe it's not that uh, she. I think she has AIDS. <laughs> is the implication by the right. end of that uh, right? that one actually I thought was really good um, just as a sort of study on loneliness. It felt very, again, like something that could have been made into
2: like a a really good uh, movie. I think, I think that's actually the first, um, that's the first version of the butterfly stories uh, Uh, is, is that one. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's your takeaway from, from that, that, from that story?
1: I don't know i just it just felt more like like you were describing somebody like the inability to connect like all like language barriers like barriers of uh, uh intention um like you get a sense that he's kind of being basically ridiculed yes by everyone else around him like oh yeah but he like is aware of that and he's He's almost using that um, to like feel even worse in a comforting way. Like, the, I got the bizarre sense that, at least in those stories, the traveler was um, on some level enjoying the futility of what he was doing. I think that was like righteous and, and good, but also like base and incapable in of, of ever actually like following through or like becoming what he intended.
2: Yeah, and I think in a lot of ways like like you said the the he's the, he's almost like mocked and ridiculed as like just like you know the dumb Mark. the dumb white guy, yeah. right? Like the the dumb American. And I think, you know, my one of my my read of the book in a lot of ways is that the book is is really about being American in in some way. Like mm-hmm. You know everywhere he everywhere he goes, every relationship he has, every interaction we have he has is mediated by his white Americanness and and his money, right? The fact that he always yeah. has money to give to people, right not he's not rich generally speaking, but compared to these people, he has a lot more money in most cases. and I think like I think there's always this like looming asymmetrical power dynamic in the background of all his relationships of all his interactions right and it's not even just the prostitute ones like there's that story where they go um walrus hunting he goes walrus hunting with like a family right. in uh you know i forget where up in canada somewhere i think um like a, a, a um like a first nations tribal family or something right and they're 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 hunting walruses and one of the kids fucking hates him right he hates he's just like super angry at him that he's there and and volman or the traveler acknowledges like i I was only there because i paid 300 dollars to like take a walrus hunting tour basically right like (laughs) right yeah and so at the at, at all of his relationships are fundamentally hollow and transactional and are there's always this wall of connection that can't be breached because of his americanness and his outsider-ness right and the money and the money and the transaction and so like i don't know i feel like this book is is at at bottom really about being an american in the world today um because like when it when it comes out right like it takes place between the late 80s and the early 90s and that's like the time when the cold war is ending and globalization is like starting to kick into like high gear And I think the kind of, like, fragmentary structure of the book is, like, getting at that in some ways as well. Like, globalization and fragmentation of identity and place and, you know, in the final story, it's, like, he's talking about going home, right? He's, like, like, he's left a girlfriend at the bus station and he's going to go home and by the end of that final story, he realizes there there isn't one, basically. Like, there's nowhere to go. Right. And I think, like... Sorry, I'm just popping off right now, but I this this is no. kind of what I was been thinking, what I've been thinking about today and then I want your your takes on it. But the other thing in terms of the structure of the book is that the first story takes place in Grand Central Station in New York City, right? Right. And the final story takes place at a bus station in Sacramento, California, right? And I think that there's this weird super fucking, you know, um what's it called? Like, uh, what's it called when something's like not a straight line on a path, like meandering, meandering. Yeah. There's another word I was looking for, but like, yeah, nonlinear meandering. If it'll come to me when I stop thinking about it, but this super like meandering inversion of like the manifest destiny, westward expansion thing going on there with the first story Mm -hmm. in New York and the last story in California. And you know, if, if, if westward expansion was this drive, this thing that that gave some purpose to the people that believed in it, for Volman in the area of globalization, for the traveler, it's just another stop on this never-ending, ultimately meaningless journey towards death, <laughs> basically, it seems like, right? Like,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think- agree that Volman... Is is certainly anti American seeming to me? I mean, I, I in one article or one interview I read in particular, he he just came across that way very much so. Um, he was speaking mostly about American readers, but I I think that yeah his 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 explore exploratory nature and his desire to like see the world and view the world and view all these different um, catastrophes and moments throughout you know, the early nineties when he was doing a lot of his, his traveling, I think it does point to him kind of exploring the notion of, um, what, what exactly has American expansion done? What is, what is globalization done? What is, what is our actual effect on the world in terms of of our own expansion? And yeah, I think he does come to the conclusion that it's, it's only wreckage. It's only, it's only, it's hollow, like net negative. It's very like no. um
2: you, have, you, either of you guys ever read like the the lonely crowd you know it's like this famous sociological study of Americans I think it was from the 50s or whatever um I know that syndrome maybe you've yeah, heard of it know. yeah yeah it's very much like a, a piece with that it seems to me like this guy is a very kind of in the lonely crowd type person right and there are a few lines like I forget what story it was it might have just the story might just be called "On the Bridge," but like there's a a line where he says something almost exactly that. Like, um, I'll see if I can find it. He says almost something exactly like, you know, at the end everybody was there and and I was alone. You know, uh, there are like a lot Jason of um, Bourne. very Jason <laughs> Bourne, very Jason Bourne,
1: <laughs> lone wolf, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of um, there there certainly are in most stories at the bridge. Sort of, um, some sort of uh, exchange rate information about money. He, like, says some other currency, and then it tells you what that means in U.S. dollars, usually to drive home the point that, like, that, like, uh, you know, these things are ungodly cheap. Like, everything's cheapened. Like, you go to the third world or whatever, and, you know, you can buy companionship for 14 U.S. dollars for, like, two days. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know the the inversion of like manifest destiny or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't get the sense that he, I, I initially like had such a thought that drove him or whatever. So yeah, it's like, so like I'm
2: smarter than him, basically. Like is what you're saying. Like, well, I think I <laughs> you, think you he, just made well, his book I mean, better. <laughs> That's what good criticism does, right? Mm-hmm. Or makes I think it
1: worse. he, I think he got to that conclusion probably. He's a smart person, but like. Initially, just, right, with, like, he's from, L- he's lived in L.A. for, or was born in L.A., and, like, he did that book about San Francisco and prostitution. Like, I think he started out just interacting with the poor and dispossessed, and he probably, over that decade, or a little under a decade that we're describing, through his travels, I would imagine he got to some similar conclusion, like, you know, everything is now transactional and transactional in nature, and uh, I'm more of an interloper and an unwelcome presence, or sort of a clown, uh, globally, Right. <laughs> uh, even though my initial intention was probably something more idealistic or naive, like, I'm just trying to help, you know, I just want to help these people, and then eventually you're like, oh, right, that's much harder than I ex- expected.
2: Yeah, and I think – I feel like this book in particular it is in a lot of ways him reckoning with that, like th- with with his Americanness, right? And, and you know, Volman in particular, right? Like he 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 went to – he like – you know, like you said, he's from L.A. And then he went to um, Deep Springs College, which is like this super – I don't know if you all know what that is, but oh. it's like this super selective like – you know, um, it's basically like, it's like a Bennington type, type school, like a, you know, a, a rich artsy and they, and they have, you can like take classes in like animal husbandry and and husbandry right. and like milking goats and shit like that. It's very, <laughs> yeah. it's like Ben it's like if Bennington was in like, you know, you know, California. Uh, okay. although I don't know if it's in California, I think it might be in like, um, Utah or something or Nevada or something like that. Um. Let me look. Actually, oh no, it's it is in California, um, and then he went to and then he went to Cornell. You know what right. I mean? So like, there's this all there's this ever present class American elite dynamic in his life and his interactions with all of these people, and I think he's both trying to overcome that in some ways, but also coming to terms with the fact that that can never fully be overcome. Right, that bridge can never be can never be fully crossed in terms of building a genuine relationship, building a community. You're always going to be the American guy that went to Cornell. That's just here to like write your story about, you know, sex workers.
0: Yeah. And I I do think, I mean, he's to criticize, criticize his uh, his attempt at doing this a little bit from my perspective. Like I, I, I do agree that what he was, what, he claims to and what he seems to be trying to tackle morally is like i like it i like that he kind of maybe had some guilt about his his class and his status and decided to do this with his life i mean it's a crazy thing he did a lot of crazy things but when it when it comes down to his actual um, <laughs> themes in his writing what
2: no i was just thinking like he's he's kind of like a. Yeah, it's not like he has a death wish, but he's a little bit like the Johnny Knoxville of white guilt. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> he's just so like, many good metaphors here. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, they go to a poor hey, war zone I'm, and I'm, hey, and I'm, I'm William hey, T. Bowman. Hey, I'm William <laughs> T. Bowman, and this is the war in Serbia.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm in Cambodia. Let's see how close I can get to being murdered.
0: Except Johnny Knoxville would have, would have like, Gotten on the back of a bull and rode rode down a street with gunfire. Yes,
1: hey, we brought the town
2: together. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I interrupted um, you. Paul. What were you saying?
0: I've lost my train of thought. So I, I'm forgot. sorry. I, I'm I couldn't. Gonna, I I'm going to go get I, some coffee. I could not forget. And you that think about what you've done.
2: I'm. I, I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> let that phrase slip out of my head, dude. The Johnny Knoxville and white <laughs> I think that that's. I, I, I. I'm. I'm. I had to. I
1: had to good. put
0: that in there.
2: Um.
1: Hey, this is William T. Volman, and I'm hanging out with alcoholics on a reservation. Right, yeah, right. Just like, <laughs> let's see what happens. Hey, this
2: is William T. Volman, and this homeless guy wants to inject me with his blood. Let's see if he has AIDS. <laughs> 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 like, that's literally a, one of the stories, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I Well, I, I think also, though, like, th- there's that much more intellectual way you put it, which I think is in play, but I think it's also, like, Volman – is just sort of a weird lonely guy too. Like there are other people who you know, there's countless academics on this topic, there's countless journalists on this topic. Like he does have a uniquely I don't know. It's not nihilism. He's 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 pretty hopeful. He keeps writing stuff.
2: Yeah, I don't I wouldn't say nihilism.
1: But I guess what's kind of frustrating about him—that what was frustrating also about the rising up, rising down—as uh, you know, in the moral calculus and this kind of takeaway after this massive accounting, this 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 granular laundry list of of horrors that people do to each other—is that. <laughs> Is that it does kind of there is kind of just the the hands go up in the air at the end of that and it's 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 not like i expect something satisfying and and uh you know some closure to these human problems that have plagued us since time immemorial but like he does kind of just go like damn (laughs) he pulls a he pulls a cliff yeah he's just like jeez
2: you know He's, he's like damn that's crazy
1: Dan, that's crazy. It really does suck, doesn't it?
2: It, it really do be like that. The, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I think it's it's also like a bit of his character that's coming through. Right. You know, because like you can you can, you know, you you, you can tackle the idea of like globalism, but you can't. You don't want to be like the neoliberal. Wait, like, like that like uh, joke about like. The, the shitty DSA boyfriend who just blames neoliberalism for why like he can't uh, be Do the dishes. Boyfriend. Yeah, or do yeah. the dishes or something. Like <laughs> there are moments where it feels a little bit like you know, you, you could get your act together too, William. You know right. you don't have to be injecting heroin in a dirty hotel. Uh, to get local color, you know, sort of. Right. Accounts.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did I did feel at points like and, you know, we'll talk more about this when we like finally score the book, which we're already at an hour here, by the way, believe it or not. No way. Yeah. Dude. Fifty six minutes. Um, easy, easy, easy content. Um, <laughs> and I feel like we haven't. There's a lot of stuff I still want to talk about. I want to talk about death, oh, sure. death and ghosts and history um, and, sex. and necropolitics and sex.
1: Necropolitics. All right.
2: Yeah. It's a great book. Everyone should read it. Necropolitics, Achille Mbembe. Read it. Um but uh I love when Academic Gabe comes out. <laughs> you love when Academic Gabe comes out. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I do. Yeah, what can I say? Uh, it's it's there. I am Academic Gabe. That should just be my name. I just Hey, I'm, I'm Academic Gabe. Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> my hero Academia. Yeah. <laughs> um uh. Fuck, now I've lost my train of thought. What was, what was the last thing you said, Matt? Well, it goes around, comes oh, just, around just Good. Yeah. It,
1: and it is what it is. Uh <laughs> yeah, but anyway, <laughs> just just that he kind of um I was trying to compare it to falling up, falling down, which is like one of his you know, what he probably regards I, I think as like his magnum opus. One of them. And that I felt like the problem with it was when you got to the moral calculus part at the end. He was just sort of like yeah, you know, it's, uh, violence, like, sometimes it's so uh, you can do it, and sometimes you can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. It, it, it didn't feel... I don't need, like, revel- revelatory shit, but just it didn't even feel like a new take. It's like, I think he, he has almost this sense that his obsession will lead him to the light, some sort of understanding. And I don't know if he doesn't get there because he just remains somewhat solipsistic or somewhat sort of just <clears throat> centered on himself.
2: Yes. I think that, I think that was kind of, yes, that, okay. That jogged me a little bit. That's sort of where I was going. Like I do think, and this was what I, this is the problem that I had with the ice shirt. One of the problems that I had with the ice shirt was that, and I said this in the, the discussion that I had about it in that video, which is like, this book was, and I feel that way much, much, much less about this book than I did about the ice shirt, but I still see some of the, um, some of this impulse coming through. And my view was like that book was written for exactly one person, and it was William T. Volman and he didn't give a fuck about whether or not anyone else enjoyed it or got anything else out of it. And you can you can we can argue about whether or not that that's like a noble approach to take to one's art, right? Like that's a long conversation. Like I just make my art and it's for I, I do it for me, right? Like I'm sure Paul, you have thoughts right. on this. Um, and I just put it out there in the world and whatever. But like that book was, you know, I, I really got that impression in a negative way from that book. And I think like you're saying, I think Volman, you know, if he has a a project, I am completely in the dark as to what it is and. Um, and I think he is also, I think he's just hoping that by, and I think this gets back to what we talked about at the very beginning of the episode, which is his reticence to have anything edited. Um, I think he just wants to lay out all of these puzzle pieces on the table and hope that via yeah, like some yeah, kind of yeah. magic eye thing, like some <laughs> yeah. some profound truth springs out of them without any like effort on his part. Like it's some kind of like magical some magical truth will just jump out once all of the pieces are assembled and laid out. Um and I think that's a
0: not a great approach. Do you think he's like the I Jackson Pollock I... of of novelists? The Jackson <laughs> Let's keep going. I wish I could think of a good one. I think he's the Jackson uh,
2: Reacher of novelists. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't even have a problem with that approach like the just sort of scattershot like let's just try and ingest as many experiences as possible within the spheres that I'm interested in and just I don't have a problem with it table. as
2: a I don't have a problem with it as a way of living your life but I, I it's not obvious to me that it makes for compelling reading.
1: Yeah, it's just Yeah, I can't
0: think of any pr- examples that were that that kind of writing is like pleasant for me.
1: The problem is, like I said, it's like because of the journalism thing that comes into it and the sort of barely veiled biography that he's telling about his own experiences. It does feel like it's just more like a diaristic reckoning most of the time with like his own perspective, but also these kind of other other writers who. Who go for the like whatever the big shaggy monster novel where they're they're just <laughs> they're just doing battle with ideas that they 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 don't know how the outcome is going to go. Um, the things that Volman is talking about feel much more grounded in a kind of reality that I think he makes takes pains to to establish. Um, and therefore, like to me, it 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 begs more. Um. Not of a conclusion, again, like I'm saying in a nice, tidy, not bow on top of everything, but just like. Focus, like more like he's obsessed with things somehow in an unfocused way. Like yes,
2: that's such a good way to put it.
1: That's, I guess, the feeling I get when I read stuff. About well, him. and I think so that like, like,
2: you know, it's like, you know, we, we talked about Wallace and then, you know, like we're going to be reading Malcolm Lowry under the volcano soon. And I think that that's kind of another maybe fits the mold of that like big shaggy like monster idea, right? But like you know when you read, I've read
1: that one already too. Oh, okay,
2: that's interesting. Okay, cool. That'll be fun then. Uh, We're gonna have a special guest on for that episode, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um... Who is it? (laughs) Be specific. I don't want to tell the people. I don't want. Yeah, we do have a couple guests coming up. But I think that, like, like the way you put it there, Matt, like, obsessed in an unfocused way is so right. And, and like, when you read, so for example, like, when you read, going back to our conversation at the beginning, when you read Infinite Jest, for example, I think this is an area where the journalistic approach that Volman takes in some of these cases gets in his way. It's almost like a, 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 a stick in the spokes of the, the wheel. It's like... I've, it, you know like we said he's a lonely dude the character's lonely gotta get one or two in every episode <laughs> and uh like it's i feel like the journalistic writing st- style is a way for him to further distance himself from like making an actual point about any of this stuff right yeah it's it's just it's purely descriptive um and you know there at one point, like there was a line that sort of pissed me off where it was like someone did something and there's like, and then he became an anthropologist. And I was like, OK. And I feel like uh, I feel like Volman, that's kind of the what Volman wants is he just wants to be this anthropological, you know, uh, a qualitative researcher almost. Um, and I feel like he hasn't found, at least he didn't in this book for me, he did not find a way to properly balance the tensions That exists between his obvious personal investment, psychologically, emotionally, morally in some of this stuff and his like journalistic anthropological ethos. I don't think he found a way to fuse those things in a in a in a productive way.
0: Yeah, I agree. I actually I mean, I I was just reminded of uh, Bolaño thinking back to what? Nazi literature in the mere uh, in the americas <laughs> um, America.
2: <laughs> America.
0: at the time I didn't really like that book and it was, what it was it was fictionalized nonfiction um like fake but i do remember of, it
1: reviews of fake books yeah yeah,
0: but I do remember it kind of being a lot more cohesive and a lot more um to a point and uh, Bolaño had something more to say at the at like the depths of what he was going for. And I, I do think that you're right. It it uh the sheer volume and the logistical journey that was so vast, it didn't actually end up with anything blatantly like he didn't blatantly stay any, say anything throughout the entire process to me. It 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 did kind of just feel like Actual journalistic writings, like a collection of journalistic writings, and it's like, well, if you're reading them in that context, like singularly, that they can actually be more emotionally evocative. I think, especially if they're true. Um, so I feel like he didn't he didn't know how to bridge the gap between like what he's good at and making more of a, a refined, um, structured novel that had deeper themes and deeper elements
1: i mean the the only the only sort of angle i can see or way in which this might be effective that i don't know if i think was his intention or explicit aim was literally to just catch a vibe and like feel some type of way about these places and these people and to just sort of get you disgusted in the sort of fire in your belly kind of way or like to be like this is terrible and using his descriptive kind of like roving eyeball powers uh which are by the way
2: considerable right like uh, he he, that's led. that's where he like you said really i think shines um
1: his descriptive capabilities are like top notch like even in stories i didn't like there's always a gem or two in there um usually yes. about place description or environment
2: I, that's what I was gonna say is that you know you mentioned like the the journalism I think earlier is kind of where you think I, where he you think he sh- shines for me his writing and this was true of the ice shirt as well I think his writing is at its best when he's doing basically like nature writing um yeah. when he's doing like nature writing or like describing, like a a city scene or something like that like but the, the nature writing i think specifically like all these chapters where he's up in the in canada and like elsmere island and all of these like super cold austere places um and you know or in the like forests and in, in thailand or whatever the jungles i feel like that's where his writing is at its absolute best and i i I've almost you know i love those moments and then and then the stuff when it just becomes like describing like the needle going into the vein and like poking around man it's like you, you know what it felt like it felt like watching fucking um kids that movie <laughs>
1: yeah uh I mean, Harry, the,
2: Harry yeah i don't think he directed it um but he wrote it i think that well, wrote who, it yeah who was the director um larry someone i think i forget off the top of my head um uh i gotta look it up though because i'm just gonna bug me um, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like where it's just it just becomes this thing where it's like um, Larry Clark, Larry Clark, um, where it just becomes this thing where it's just like, yeah, look, man, can you handle it? Isn't this like weird and, and nasty? And like like you said, Matt, maybe it is meant to provoke that like rage and whatever. But at the end of the day, like what rage is he provoking realistically? Just the rage of a bunch of other rich white americans that are gonna face the same fucking like it like you know like conundrum that he faced throughout the whole text
1: yeah i don't know that's that's why i I ultimately find the book to be like it's not it's definitely not bad it's just uh it's just kind of disappointing
2: well, maybe we should go ahead and score it. We're at seventy minutes here. Uh, I think we. I don't think we're going to be able to do a Harry Potter segment uh, for this one, because there's there's basically there's basically like no uh, named characters, and none of them stick around very long anyway. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to have to, sadly, for uh, our boy, what's his name?
1: Huh? Oh, I can't remember. Bowman.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. The the, <laughs> no. the Apple Podcast review. But, uh, our, our number one, our number one Harry Potter fan, we're gonna have to skip this segment for the, uh, for the episode, I think, and we're just going to go straight into score in the book, uh, from one, from one to five, zero to five, really. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our system. And, uh, Paul gets to go last. Dibs not first. All
1: right. Um, I actually just, (laughs) I didn't think about this, so, uh. I know that's one of three segments we do and I forgot, but, uh, Oh, I
2: have a word. I have a word. I have a word too. Oh, I forgot about that one. Sorry. Oh, let's do bad. word. Let's do words. Matt, do you I have one have word, I Matt, word. dude. I'm sorry. Um, okay. So for those of you who don't know, uh, this segment is where we educate ourselves and, uh, you know, you know, you know, like, uh, get on the grind set, get a little bit smarter every day, learn a new word every day. And that'll get yeah. you a, a raise at your job and, and a better, uh, hotter partner. That's proven 100%. by science yeah. and Lex Fridman. Um, and <laughs> who's uh, reading a lot, recently. Who's reading a lot recently. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, or he's planning to read a lot in 2020. He he um, and so basically this is where we uh, pick a word from the, the book we just read that either was new to us or we didn't know those are the same thing. Um, and uh or or would just be a good uh scrabble word so i have one paul you got one i did i'm i'm trying to find it all right well i'll go first so mine i had a couple but uh i'll just go with the the most recent one that i found it the most recent one is suffumigations suffumigations which sounds like a made-up word or like a what's it called like a malapropism right because neologism neologism right yeah malaprop is something different i think but because you have suffuse and then fumigate but apparently it is a real word suffumigation and it specifically refers to like burning of something for use in like a magical ritual so for example when you like sage your house or whatever right which i do very often smudging um, smudging that kind of stuff that's technically a suffumigation
0: so there you go Nice. I uh, can't find mine. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it, and I just fuck, I like thought I screenshotted it on my iPad, but I can't find it.
2: Paul's going to keep looking, and he may drop it in the Patreon segment. So if you want to hear that, patreon.com slash spinecrackers.
1: Yeah, so my score, yeah, I, yeah. I guess, while we're waiting. Okay. Yeah, so all right, uh, go, off
2: with the, go off with the score, Matt.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this book like a 2.65. Uh, because I don't know. It just it falls in that uh somewhat difficult category, um, of something that you can uh, uh, appreciate a lot about while it just not really affecting me in the ways that I ma- think <laughs> matter. Um, again, we, we we've kind of touched on all the reasons why, sort of, over the course of this episode. Um, and they've been more well said, but it's just, uh, it's over long, um, and yeah, after a while, even the sort of beautiful descriptions of environment or scenery, uh, fell flat in the face of a kind of larger soul to the book, for lack of a better description that, that I did, I just like, I didn't find. Um, and so a lot of these ended up feeling like, um, I don't know, more like, more like dry exercises in the obsessions that Volman has than, like, things born of, and I'm sure they were because the dude, again, the dude, to his credit, is, I think, genuinely fixated and, like, he does have a project in his head that is deeply important, and that's why he writes so much, because he can't stop. He needs to, like, cover the world in language to try and wrap his sure head around. Sherwin-Williams, dude.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, th- th- there's just something about Volman that leaves me cold in general. Um, I, that's maybe a bold statement, considering he's written so much and I haven't read a lot. I think I want to try and read... um whatever that book is where he is Dolores he is like a trans woman
2: I'm not sure which one that is I have Europe he, Central that I'm going to read this year he is one
1: no but he it, it's it's because it's the most outlandish thing that I think he's done it seems is like oh he's 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 like dressed as a woman and like tried to inhabit the role of an alter ego called Dolores oh. where he's like a Mexican prostitute
2: oh god that prostitute. sounds problematic bro yeah, yeah, it's
1: very it's, – it, <laughs> that one piques my interest for all kinds of reasons. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I- I'm sorry to anger resident fans, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a 2.65. It's just sort of cleanly
2: okay. The Book of Dolores? Is that what it is? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. Wow. Yeah, okay. That does sound <laughs> – Yeah. That sounds like a thing. That sounds like a thing. Okay. That sounds like a thing. Um, Yeah. You actually are uh, pretty much are dead on. I was going to go 2.7. Again, Matt said a lot of what I would have said. I think, I think this is just mid, I think this is mid. Um, And I think, you know, like, like you said, it, it does, it does just kind of leave me cold and, not necessarily wanting more. Like it's like, you know, I, I like I said, I if Volman has a project, I don't know what it is, and I am becoming increasingly disinterested in finding out what he thinks it is. Um because I've I've just not had good experiences with the two that I've read so far. And uh if this is supposed to be the entry point to Volman, I would I would take I would have taken the exit door very quickly. Um because I, I just I don't, you know, I, I don't find it to be compelling or interesting in a lot of ways. And I think that, you know, the, um, I, I'm not like calling anyone out or like saying that this is the pe- reason people like Volman or whatever, but like, I just think that there's a lot of, you know, kind of awe especially among people who also want to be writers themselves of what he's been able to output over the years and maybe a little bit less actual examination of what he's put out over the years, potentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think again, it just, Matt said it, this just gets, it gets repetitive. It gets boring. And, you know, there's only so many rehashings of the same, hotel scene with prostitutes injecting heroin or you know or whatever um that the the impact just dulls very quickly if it has any to begin with um and you know who knows right you could argue oh that's the whole point like he's dead to the world he's trying to make you dead to the world as well or whatever um but it just it just it, it doesn't do anything for me um rather than leave me dead to the world i'm i'm dead to volman's writing uh at at that point um so yeah i think it's like i said there's some things that i really appreciate about it i think sort of the context of the book um you know the cold war shifting into globalization and sort of some of the commentary it ha- it has to to make about a- americanness in that new world i think is really interesting um, but a lot of the rest of it just, uh, yeah, felt, felt, felt pretty flat, um, for me.
0: 2.7. Nice. <clears throat> I'm going to have to give it a 5.2 <laughs> over 10 times X over five, which is 2.6. Um, All right. We're
1: in agreement <laughs> with this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I basically. Wait, you said 2.5? 2.6. 2.6. Yeah. I was actually thinking about going to uh, lettering. Give it a C minus. Oh, C minus minus. That's a b- that would be a year. big change for the show, dude. Yeah,
1: more of a vague. Yeah, that's more much vague vaguer. Maybe an intriguing way. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but uh, I I think I agree with everything you guys have just said. I mean, Gabe, you said something good just now where like if if the point of his relentless writing is to make us feel the way he feels about the violence of the world like dead to the world that didn't that's not a really good way of going about these themes because it just it does just make you dead to the reading experience you don't want to feel dead to to reading you want to actually get something out of what is crafted so to just be like relentlessly hit over the head with very similar stories in a very long book it kind of washes away any elegance that um is within it for me. Like there, there were definitely certain passages that I highlighted that I thought were really good. Maybe the last couple sentences where I found a little bit not great, but I mean, there's a lot of chunks in there that are, that, that give me, you know, the facts that he's actually a good writer. And I think what you said about his nature writing is on point as well. Um, Yeah. And I, it's an interesting thing. To, like you were talking about before with Gummo or kids, uh, rel- relating it to that sort of ideal of just like, this is bad, this is awful, look at it. But then for him to kind of excel in the sections that were more about just the scenery, it's like, why not gear your writing more into that vein? Because you seem to actually find meaning there like it seems like he was trying to press forward with his moralistic ideas about what he should write about when in reality he should have morphed it into like something different and try to find meaning or something cuz there's just there's a lack of meaning for me lack of real depth so yeah 2.6 damn we are in agreement this is a rare
2: rare hard agree across the board here there's usually at least one outlier, I think, right? Yeah. Matt, you Fuck, seem to be found, intently looking something up or writing something down.
1: I found, oh, fucking God damn it! I found my word, but I'm using a, a Kindle and it's not easy. Oh. <laughs> oh, ex, uh, ex,
2: exogamous. That was one of my other ones, dude. Yes. Okay, what is it? It's the social
1: norm of marrying outside one's social group.
0: There we go. So that's The social norm of that. Also,
2: a theme of the book, I would say. Exogamy. Being outside of a, not necessarily marriage, but generally being outside of social groups. And the traveler yeah. being outside of all of them, basically.
1: Yeah, it's the custom of marrying outside a community, clan, or tribe. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I love that. It also has a biological definition, which I think is the first. I don't know. Yeah, but any gamey, anything with gut game
2: After it is about marriage or mating, exogamous—that's a good one. All right, well, um, that's gonna be a wrap, I think, for this. And you know, I hate to disappoint when I I know there's a lot of Volman lovers out there. And if we are way the fuck off, let us know how. Send us uh, an email. uh, uh, You know, reach out. Instagram, Twitter. Tell us where we've tell us what we've missed here in Volman because I I you know
1: I'm I think wa- I said Phnom Penh is in Thailand and it's in Cambodia, so I want to just
2: Oh good call.
1: Whoever was gr- grinding their teeth
2: the whole time after I said that, please stop. Thank you for the correction. Uh so yeah, if we've if we've overlooked something obvious here or really are somehow obviously missing the point, uh let us know. Twitter, Instagram, Spinecrackers. Or, if you really are mad, you know the best way to get back at us? Subscribe to the Patreon and flame us on Discord. Yeah. yeah. That is the <laughs> actual best way to get back at us. Please, more toxicity on there, please. More Discord, Discord toxicity in 2023. That's, that's one yeah. of our resolutions. <laughs> 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 uh, and a good uh, one. Yeah, patreon.com slash spinecrackers, $2 a month. Uh, gets you all the full episodes, Discord access, all that great stuff. We love the Discordians, and uh, we're going to go talk to them uh, a lot more after the jump. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and um, Happy New Year, yeah?
1: Happy New Year. Good luck, everyone.
0: Happy New Year.